0: Esther 3, 8 through 13. Let's join together in the reading. Then Haman said to King Xerxes, There is a certain people dispersed and scattered among the peoples in all the provinces of your kingdom whose customs are different from those of all other people and who do not obey the king's laws. It is not in the king's best interest to tolerate them. If it pleases the king, let a decree be issued to destroy them, and I will put ten thousand talents, talents of silver into the royal treasury for the men who carry out this business. So the king took his signet ring from his finger, and he gave it to Haman, of Hamadathia, and Agagite, the enemy of the Jews. Keep the money, the king said to Haman, and do with the people as you please. Then on the thirteenth day of the first month, the royal secretaries were summoned. They wrote out in the script of each province and in the language of each people all Haman's orders to the king's satraps, the governors of the various provinces, and the nobles of the various peoples. These were written in the name of King Xerxes himself and sealed with his own ring. Dispatches were sent by couriers to all the king's provinces with the order to destroy, kill, and annihilate all the Jews, young and old, women and little children, on a single day, the thirteenth day of the twelfth month, the month of Adar, and to plunder their goods." May God bless this reading of his word.
1: All right. So we always have a few people who watch our messages online uh, through Facebook Live and this is what this little contraption here on the front pew is about if you wonder about that from week to week if you've been wondering secret is now revealed Uh, but we uh, always welcome a handful of people who are either long distance from us or can't come to church that day or whatever the case and we know that this week and in the weeks to come we'll have some extra people uh, viewing that way and at some point if there's an outbreak here locally we may uh, at some point the leadership team may decide that it'd be best not for us not to gather in this way and we may gather there Uh, we'll figure out something to do to keep uh, to keep that going if that becomes the case at some point and we will keep you posted from week to week on on that kind of thing. But for today, we want to say welcome uh, to our folks who are there watching us live uh, on Facebook. And of course, uh, we're all here gathered together. I'm really impressed that we have this many of you that braved the coronavirus. (laughs) So thanks for coming out today. And we're glad to have you. Um, We're glad to have you here. We're in this series Uh, that looks at uh, God as king, reminding ourselves that God is king, which is a good thing to be reminded of any day, and especially in times like these. And uh, we've been talking about how uh, the ways of kings are pretty foreign to us because we live in a day and time where kings are rare, queens are rare. The only ones that we have, that we are familiar with at all, are pretty much just celebrities that have no real authority or power anymore they just serve a purpose of you know like the one that comes to our mind most readily is the british monarchy right and there's always some kind of drama going on with the british monarchy and they they have billions of dollars to be required not to work Uh, it's it's just it's a bizarre situation they've got um, the crown jewels and all these things that kings of old amassed in their wealth and they have all these lands and things that are theirs uh, because of kings of old that, and wealth that they amassed but now the uh, the government no longer allows them to do governing things in any kind of official capacity uh, oh they sign their name to things and say yes i approve and <laughs> that kind of thing but uh, they're not running anything we like it that way but for most of human history kings and monarchies These, this is how the world ran, this is how governments ran republics were rare and a relatively new thing in the course of human history there were kings, there were kings of kings people who ruled over other kings, most kings in, back in the day would have been king of a rather small spot, they would have a city they would be king of, and that city would dominate the surrounding region where, uh, you know, ranching and different things, you know, might happen, shepherding, uh, farming, anything like that would, uh, would be something that they would oversee from within their walled community in the city that they were king of. and So their, uh, their power would expand out from that city, it might even encompass some other cities if they were a great king. This was kind of the norm, but when the Bible talks about things like thrones and dominions, sovereignty, reigning, not the reign kind, I think we're on the same page When it talks about justice, names, seals, banners, and such, it's often talking about kings, and we don't even know it. Uh, many of those terms we now think of mostly in a religious or theological sense. And, and it's separated from its original meaning. It's lost on us because we're not used to kings. And so we've been looking at kings lately and their thrones, their sovereignty and dominion, their, uh, their words last week and how their word is law and their word goes forth in power. And it means something. Things happen when the king speaks. and today we're turning our attention to the names of kings and what that means for us what it means when scripture talks about names you've probably noticed that scripture says name like the name of the Lord a lot and it's kind of weird to us like why not just say the Lord (laughs) why his name why this name thing you know we're just saying something about that name why not just say his name if there's something about the name? Like, to us, you know, it's a little bit odd. We don't do that in any other sense. We don't talk about our boss's name. We don't talk about the president's name. We, you know, we don't do that in anything else except with God. And so this is another example of how it's become a religious thing for us. Something that has to do with our Christian, our Christian faith. Is we talk about God's name a lot. But this was related, again, to kings. This would have been something that would have been not just a religious and faith thing in their day and time. It would have been something related to governments and rulers. And their names would be talked about a lot. Names meant a lot more back then than they mean to us. And we'll talk about that in a moment. But I want to start this off by trying to explain the significance of this uh, with a little imagination uh, experiment here. So, if you would, imagine yourself... Maybe you're retired, so picture yourself working again. Sorry, just for a minute. Uh, Maybe you still have a job, and so you just picture your place of employment, where you go. Uh, If you're self-employed, picture a day when you were employed. Okay. So you walk into the office tomorrow and your boss says, look, I just came back from Seattle. I'm self-quarantining myself for about 90 days <laughs> and I want you to take my place. You know, you may be surprised by this, but I've had my eye on you for a while. I think you're pretty great stuff. So here's the deal. I'm going to call a tailor in. We've got to get you some nice suits made because you need to look the part. You need to look like the boss. So we're going to get that taken care of. Here's the keys to my Lexus. (laughs) I want you to park it in my parking space. The one that says Boss. In the morning, when you come to work in it, park it there. Make sure you park this thing in a garage. Don't be messing around with hail and things like that. All right, and getting it dirtied up with pollen. You take care of it. You can drive it. You park it in my parking spot. You get out with your brand new suit on in the morning, and you walk here. Here's the keys to my office. I want you to come sit down in my chair, and here's the passwords to my computer and all my files. I want you to walk in here tomorrow and do what you think I would want done. Now, if that happened to you and you walked in the next day, can you just imagine how different it would feel to park in that parking space in that car, to step out in those clothes and walk into the same building that you walk into every day? Only this time you pass your office and go to that corner office with the view. Sit down in that nice chair that you wonder why you can't get one in your office. (laughs) And you open up that fancy computer and you type in that password and it says you're the man (laughs) or you're the woman how different it would feel as you watch your colleagues, sorry, your employees looking at you and how differently they would view you. You're the same person you were yesterday when you came to work. Something's changed. You've been given authority. You've been given power. You've been given, in a sense, at work at least, a new identity. Maybe it's just for however long the quarantine lasts, but you're experiencing something that i believe every christian should experience at some point but i'm not sure many of us have i don't know if many of us have come to realize what happens when you're following jesus when the holy spirit marks you for god marks you as gods and what that means in your life i i think that if we understood there would be this sense of it feels different to be me today than it used to feel we're going to talk about kings and their names and surprisingly a king's name has a lot to do with people that aren't the king has a lot to do with the people who serve the king and with the subjects of the king and the citizens of the kingdom so let's talk about it for a minute what about a king's name so again we don't in our culture names are given mostly based on how they sound now occasionally you might be given a name because of a relative or you might be one of the few the proud who whose dads could not have a son and so when the last daughter came around they just tagged an A on the end of their name (laughs) and that's how you became Neela (laughs) my grandparents used to joke that they were almost named one of their daughters Alvina Raylene after Alvin Ray (laughs) but you've probably heard some names almost that funny So occasionally that happens. It's a, you know, a family name is given. But mostly it's like, well, what name do we like? And it gets stranger all the time. You know, you'll meet all kinds of people with all sorts of names. You know, river. Sky. You know, we're into nature names now. But you can name your kid anything. You can name them after a city. You can name them after... Something, if you like science, pick something science Name them after that. If you, uh, you know, or just look through the list of names and see what's trending. Go with that. People in ancient times named people. Yes, there were family names were important. But also, they, names carried meaning. Now, we have these nifty little cards you can find in gift shops and things. That tell you what your name means, and most of us are surprised when we see it. Oh yeah, I forgot my name means that. That's pretty neat. Or, that's what my name means. <laughs> I'm one of the lucky ones that uh, mine uh, is pretty regal. I'm I'm a champion. You know, I'm, I'm bold and powerful champion. I'm I'm pretty impressive. But uh, some of you, you know, may just be like a field of heather. You know. <laughs> You just don't know what you're going to get because probably your mom and dad didn't know what your name meant didn't care they liked how it sounded used to names mattered they what they meant was something spoken over you as a child even in native american cultures you'll hear about they would choose a name after that child came to a certain age where they kind of got to know this child and then they'd be given a a new name that represented their identity moving forward as an adult these kinds of practices have been practiced for a long time you'll notice that uh, also it's it's there's particularities when it comes to naming sons of kings and daughters of kings even in great britain still to this day there's just most of us wouldn't qualify based on our names, right? Sorry, but there's not ever gonna be a King Neil. Butch, there's probably never gonna be a King Butch. <laughs> we're just out of luck. <laughs> it's just how it goes. But I mean, you know, if you were an Edward or a William, you could have a shot. So there's there's particularities in particular about the names of monarchs. And a king's name was important because there were things you could do with it that you couldn't do with a regular person's name. So back in the day, you could swear an oath by the name of the king. You could fear the name of a king. You could honor the name of a king. You could revere the name of a king. In some cases, with the especially uh, proud-of-themselves ones, you could worship the name of a king. You could call on the name of a king. In your time of need and your time of distress even the Apostle Paul did this with Caesar if you remember when he was on trial and he called on the name of Caesar so they had to send him to Rome it was sort of an appeal so you could call on the name of a king but you could also be called by a king's name you could be uh... someone who takes action in the name of a king you could be someone who sacrifices for the name of a king that's what soldiers would do they served in the name of a king they gave their lives in the name of a king it's what all the servants of the palace did. they served in the name of the king all the uh, tax collectors who are serving in the name of the king. You get the idea. But this also means you could misuse or abuse the name of a king. You could pretend to be working for the king. You could be uh, a true servant of the king who just doesn't do things that the king would want done in his name but you do them in his name anyway this would have been fairly common practice if you were a high ranking official with the king's authority he might even give you his signet ring by which you can seal documents are you uh, familiar with seals my uh, wife has stuff to do this and she, you know, it's a crafty thing now Uh, but you know, you melt the wax, you pour it onto an envelope or something and then you press down the mark onto it and then when it dries, or you know, cools off and hardens then you have this nice little symbol and so now it's a crafting thing you can get different marks and seals for different things and it's fun, isn't that neat but back then it served more of a purpose It marked whose it was, whose authority this was written in, whose, uh, you know, and and it protected it as well, especially if it was someone important or powerful. Uh, You didn't just break that seal unless you were the one qualified to break that seal. So a king's name, we might say, uh, carried their legacy, it carried their power, it carried their authority, it carried... It carried more than just a name. It carried more than just their fame or popularity. I mean, everyone knows Brad Pitt's name, but what do you do? you know? <laughs> it's not going to get you anything if you start speaking his name or acting like you're doing something in Brad Pitt's name. Like who cares? you know, <laughs> good for you so. Nowadays, you know, a name might be famous, but it's rare that a person's name will get you anything. I mean, even a president, it's really the the government of the United States of America that would have the authority and the power, not the guy sitting in the chair. Because sure enough, in a few years, whether due to term limits or elections, he's not going to be the guy anymore. And then his name will hold zero power you know once again he'll be like Brad Pitt <laughs> so a king's name this is why names were thrown around a lot with God right God's name because God was seen as a king as the king the king over all kings the king over all creation the one who's throne sits in the heavens and whose sovereignty rules over all because his dominion knows no bounds this king his name was mightier than any king's name and you could do with his name what you could do with any king's name knowing that there was greater authority and greater power greater fame greater legacy attached to it you could call on the name of the Lord You could serve in the name of the Lord you could go in the name of the Lord you could come in the name of the Lord it meant the same sort of things as it meant to do those things for an earthly king in our story we see an example of this this account from the book of Esther it was a troubled time because this man Haman was an enemy of God's people and he was particularly angry with this Jewish guy named Mordecai and turns out Haman picked a bad guy to get mad at because Mordecai's niece who he raised like a daughter happened to be the queen if Haman had known this maybe he would have thought a little harder about his actions because it didn't turn out well for him but he comes and he tells the king look there's this people that are undermining your authority they're not following your laws. They try to separate themselves from the community instead of assimilating into our nation. And you ought to have them destroyed. And so the king took his signet ring from his finger and gave it to Haman and told him, keep, he said keep the money because Haman offered him 10,000 bucks or whatever. you know. I don't know how much it was in arm dollars, but a large sum of money to do this. And the king said, don't worry about the money. Just take my ring do with these people as you please he trusted haman trusted haman enough to give him his ring which is the same as saying whatever you do it's as though i'm doing it whatever command and decree you send out it's as though it's going out in my name it's my authority my power will back it and so haman sits down and decrees something in the king's name And these were written in the name of king xerxes himself and sealed with his own ring so the wax was poured the signet ring was pressed into it they had scribes that this was their job was to sit and listen to the king's decrees write them all down and send them out to all the provinces and all the governors and all the people who needed to know it and so they could enforce it so this is what would happen they would write it down seal all the envelopes they'd send it out with messengers the messengers were not qualified to open the seal to break the seal this seal was protected it protected the document and they carried in their messenger bags the authority and power of the king in his name it went forth because of this seal that represented his name attached to this document they didn't sign their names they sealed it it was the seal was like their name it was like their signature It authenticated it, it protected it. When it had the king's seal on it, it was something that had his authority and his power backing it. Now, as the story unfolds, if you're familiar with the story, uh, Mordecai finds out about this, this decree that says basically on this set day coming up, uh, the Jews are not allowed to defend themselves, and the people are allowed to go and slaughter them, man, woman, and child and plunder all their stuff. It's a pretty raw deal. If you're Jewish. And how many times has that happened to the Jewish people through the years? Julie and I just finished a book, a World War II book. Just every time you read it, it's shocking. So this decree goes out. Mordecai finds out about it. He goes to Esther and says maybe you've been placed in the palace by God for just such a time as this. I need you to go to the king. And she says, well the king's not exactly interested in me right now. I don't see much of him. Now see if you don't know the background there uh, Esther had become queen in sort of ancient equivalent of the show The Bachelor. If you're familiar with that at all. Uh, She's the one that ended up with the rose at the end. And I mean, seriously, they brought in women and the king picked one to be his wife. And so Esther was picked. And so she was the new thing for a while. But, you know, when you've got a harem full of options at some point, uh, you know, the the new wears off. And apparently the new had worn off for Esther. And so she feared going to the king without being summoned because it could mean her life. Again, kings held a kind of power that we're not used to thinking about kings holding. But just as we said last week, their word held power. Their word could take life and give life. And so when she approached the king's throne on behalf of her people, she did so at his mercy, trusting God to protect her life and defend his people. Well, as the story unfolds, she confronts Haman in front of the king with the truth about what he was trying to do to her people and reveals that she is one of those people and the king is mad that he feels like Haman has misled him and betrayed his trust so he tries to make it right he takes Haman's estate and gives it to Esther who gives it to Mordecai he he goes ahead and gives Mordecai uh, his signet ring so he takes what he had given to Haman, and again, he takes off his signet ring and presents it to Mordecai. So Mordecai, all of a sudden now, is standing with the king's power. This wasn't good enough for Esther, so she said, King, allow another decree to be issued that cancels out the other decree. See, they couldn't just cancel the old decree because like we said last week when the king's word goes out that's it god doesn't take his word back that's why jesus had to die on the cross his word was law and it was good and it was true and it was right he can't say oh no i was wrong about that that's not actually what was good and true and right and that's why the penalty had to be paid and this is how things used to work in government as well you didn't just sign a law out you didn't have a supreme court that could just say nope that's not constitutional we're taking that law off the books but what you could do was write a law that countered the other law and so mordecai is given permission by the king with this signet ring to go the king said and write another decree in the king's name on behalf of the jews as seems best to you seal it with the king's signet ring no document written in the king's name and sealed with his ring can be revoked so Mordecai then gathers up all these scribes again it says now put this one down and dictates a law of his choosing he wrote the law but it's not his name that the law goes out in it's the king's name so at once the royal secretaries were summoned and they wrote out all of Mordecai's orders he wrote in the name of King Xerxes sealed the dispatches with the king's signet ring and those dispatches went out and gave the Jews the right to assemble and defend themselves by any means necessary and they ended up winning the day when that day rolled around that's this famous story of Queen Esther and it illustrates for us the power of a king's name and this idea of being marked with a seal, which is important because when we come to the New Testament and Jesus and the Jesus people, which we call ourselves the way we identify ourselves then we know that as we read the New Testament we see Jesus' name talked about a lot We find in the New Testament that people are saved when they call on His name. We find that people are washed, are sanctified, are justified in His name. We find that people are healed in His name. We find that the message and testimony and teachings of the Apostles are taught and given in His name. Church leaders We're given authority to judge and execute authority over the church in his name. There's this bizarre passage that we often have trouble with where it talks about binding and loosing. And what you bind on earth will bind in heaven. And what you loose on earth you will loose in heaven. And we're like, what in the world does all that mean? But it essentially was in that context of disputes and problems within the church. And it's essentially saying, you have authority in my name. I'm giving you the signet ring. What you do is in my name. The authority you need to take to settle disputes and, uh, uh, you know, if if someone's causing trouble or they're out of line, if you need to deal with it, if you need to cast someone out of the church because they're living in opposition to my way, then do it and you have my authority to do it. So this is done in the name of the Lord. Enemies were opposed. Uh, Enemies opposed his name we know that Christians were willing to sacrifice and even die for his name Jesus taught us to invoke his name when we pray because then we'd be praying with his authority and power the Gospel of John specifically says it was written so that you could find life in his name the name of a king especially when he's the king of kings is more than just a name. It represents his authority, his power. And we are called his servants. We are even called his sons. Because the son, especially the firstborn son, was given his father's authority and power. So to be adopted into the family of the king as a son, even if you're a lady, you can be adopted as a son in the sense that you are given that authority. And this was a radical teaching of the church that that even women could follow Jesus and thus be adopted as sons with the rights of a son, with the power and authority that a son has in his father's name. This is pretty incredible. We find passages like Ephesians 1 that says, you were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and when you believed you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance to the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Think about what that means to be marked with a seal. They wouldn't have had to have thought that hard about it because they were used to seals. Every master, every lord, every king, everyone with power or authority in that world would have a signet ring with which they could mark something as theirs. But it wasn't just about possession. Whatever they marked, like usually a document, whatever was written in it, held their authority it was written in their name whatever God has written in you his message his gospel his truth his law written on your heart you bear his authority and it's written in his power And you are marked set aside, set apart protected by that seal and that seal means that you walk around with authority and power it's not your authority and power it's not yours to do with as you wish it's the king's but you're marked by the king's authority and the king's power you can misuse it and abuse it you'll find this even in the Old Testament law with things like do not use the Lord's name in vain and other places where it talks about misusing and abusing and blaspheming the Lord's name and you can do this it's basically what the Jewish leaders accused Jesus of doing of misusing God's name by saying that he was God's servant and doing the things he was doing and saying the things he was saying and they believed that he was not that he was a liar that he was misusing God's name Because the resurrection proved them wrong but this can be done by Christians too Christians can say, I'm a Christian and then go and do things that aren't what the king would want done and in so doing they are misusing the name of the king they say that they bear this mark That they're marked in him with a seal but then they go and live as if they're not they misuse the name of the king and we're warned against doing this not that we're going to be perfect in every sense but we are to pursue perfection we are to pursue Jesus and by being with Jesus we are to become like Jesus So that we begin to do the things that Jesus would do if he were us. The things that he wants us to do. So that we're doing things in his name. In his authority, in his power, in his way. So what do we do with this? As we wrap this up, what does it mean to do things in the name of the Lord? Well, the first thing it means is to figure out and ask yourself and ask the Lord. And ask scripture what would the lord want done what would the lord want done because that's what it means to do something in the name of a king is to operate and conduct business as they want done just like our story at the beginning our little imagination project when you sit down at that boss's desk tomorrow and unlock his keyboard you know password on his computer and start Sending out memos and orders of here's what we need to do and wipe everything down with Lysol tomorrow and you know I'll, or 10 minutes ago, get it done, people. Okay, when you start sending out those orders, you're not sending out the orders that you want done. You know, bring me some lemonade. That would not be operating in the name of the boss, right? Uh, so you think about what would the boss want done and then you do those things. That's what we're called to do the second thing you do is that you go about it in his authority and power not trying to do it in your own authority and power you won't get very far in your own authority and power so let me give you some examples we pray in Jesus name he taught us to we pray in Jesus name so when we pray in Jesus name we first have to say what does the Lord want done what does he want done does he want me to have a happy day or does he want me to bless someone even if it means I have to sacrifice something what does the Lord want done what should I be praying about should I only be praying about uh, you know getting an a on this test or should I be thinking about what the Lord wants done I'm not saying that the Lord doesn't want you to make an a on that test I'm just saying sometimes we get so wrapped up in us and in our life and in what we're dealing with and what we're going through that we forget to stop and think what does the Lord want done in my life what does the Lord want done in the lives of those around me what does the Lord want done in this world and once we begin to sort out a little bit of what he might want done then we can pray knowing that we're praying in his name by his authority with his power backing our prayers Another thing we do in Jesus' name is we serve in Jesus' name. When Jesus said that the greatest in the kingdom becomes a servant, think about a kingdom. His his domain is a kingdom. And the people who are greatest in his kingdom are those with the most authority. The ones he trusts the most to do things in his name. And what did he say they would be? Servants. Servants. The greatest in his kingdom would be servants those carrying the signet rings would be servants so serve in Jesus name look around you and see what needs to be done in the name of the Lord what would the Lord want you to do for someone at your job at your home when you go out and venture into the marketplace which we're not supposed to do much of for the next few weeks So you may have to really think hard. What does it mean to serve people and serve the Lord during this whole coronavirus thing? That's not always easy to figure out. Part of you wants to go and visit and touch and hug and shake hands, but we're told that that's just going to spread things and make it worse. But figure out how you can make a difference. Bring some encouragement in the name of the Lord to someone who needs it. And finally, it's not just prayer and serving. Turns out it's everything. Everything. Whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything. Watch, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Do everything in the. Na- that means this is a whole new way of living, a whole new way of waking up and going about your day is to think about. What does the Lord want done? And then doing it in His authority, and His power. So do it with excellence. Do it with your head held high. Not because you're so great, but because He's so great. Do it for His glory. So My question for you as we wrap up today is, what will you do in the name of the King? What will you do in the name of the King? will you misuse his name or will you ask what would the Lord want done and go forth with confidence doing it trusting that it is his authority and his power that backs what you do just as King Xerxes handed his signet ring to Mordecai just as Jesus handled his disciples his authority and His name, so we are handed the name of Jesus, the name to which all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Him. What will you do in His name?